This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Quote, I grow little of the food I eat, and of the little I do grow, I do not breed or perfect the seeds. I do not make any of my own clothing. I speak a language I did not invent or refine. I did not discover the mathematics I use. I am protected by freedoms and laws I did not conceive of or legislate, and do not enforce or adjudicate. I am moved by music I did not create myself. When I needed medical attention, I was helpless to help myself survive. I did not invent the transistor, the microprocessor, object-oriented programming, or most of the technology I work with. I love and admire my species, living and dead, and am totally dependent on them for my life and well-being. End quote. Those are the words of inventor, investor, and Apple co-founder Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was born February 24, 1955, in San Francisco, California. He died October 5th, 2011 in Palo Alto, California at the age of 56. You've certainly heard his name, and you may remember seeing him in his classic black turtleneck announcing a new Apple product in a now well-known Silicon Valley way. I didn't know this, but Steve Jobs was not his original name. He was actually born Abdul Latif Jandali to a Syrian father and German-American mother, and he was adopted shortly after birth by Paul Reinhold and Clara Jobs where his last name originated. And Steve was born at just the right time and lived in just the right family and community to develop a love for what then were early computers. In fact, author Malcolm Gladwell explains in great detail how the timing his and a few other notable names, Steve Wozniak, for example, and their timing of their adolescence gave them access to early computers in the wee hours of the night, which allowed them to be just old enough to learn but not too old to be stuck in the old ways of the pre-computer days. They had advantages in that way that they could never plan for or request. The result is impressive. And Wozniak, Jobs, and Ronald Wayne founded Apple in 1976, and it's still a household name today, due in no small part to Jobs' relentless pursuit of clean aesthetics and rabid marketing. Full disclosure, I'm an Android guy, so perhaps I should be disqualified from this episode, But as I have no co-host, you're stuck with me. Now, of course, Jobs was more than just fortunate in the timing of his birth. He was also a deep thinker. He had to be. Inventing new things and mass marketing them is no simple feat. I dare you. Try it. The result is this impressive resume of i-everything. iPod, iPad, iMac, iPhone, MacBook, etc. You're familiar with these names, no doubt. You may have one within arm's reach as we speak. And Jobs did something that I find very interesting that I didn't learn about until I was researching this episode. He regularly sent notes, usually emails, to himself with various musings. This is a fascinating idea. You may do this as well. I know I do. It's one of the ways that I keep track of all the quotes that I come across. I come across quotes in a variety of ways, through books, through blogs that I read, listening to other people talk, perhaps during another podcast, and I have to capture them in some way. A lot of times, that's me sending a note to myself through some app. I've texted myself. I've sent myself Facebook messages. 
I use different apps that keep notes across a variety of devices, etc., etc. That's what we're talking about here. Steve Jobs reached out to his future self from his current self by writing himself these types of notes. Fortunate for us, his widow, Laureen Powell, graciously released some of them as part of his memorial effort after his death. And today's note is one such note, and I'm grateful that she was so generous. Let me read it to you again, and bear in mind this is Steve Jobs writing to himself in an email he sent in September of 2010, just over a year before he died. He said, quote, I grow little of the food I eat, and of the little I do grow, I do not breed or perfect the seeds. I do not make any of my own clothing. I speak a language I did not invent or refine. I did not discover the mathematics I use. I am protected by freedoms and laws I did not conceive of or legislate, and do not enforce or adjudicate. I am moved by music I did not create. When I needed medical attention, I was helpless to help myself survive. I did not invent the transistor, the microprocessor, object-oriented programming, or most of the technology I work with. I love and admire my species, living and dead, and am totally dependent on them for my life and well-being. End quote. And doubtlessly, you can imagine why I like this quote so much. It is simultaneously humble and acknowledges others, is self-effacing, and recognizes his position in the world. Now, at the time he wrote this, Jobs was a billionaire multi-times over. Apple had been wildly successful throughout his career. He had worked hard to achieve what he had achieved. And yet here he stood at this moment, less than a year before he died. And he wrote himself a note reminding his future self that he was this small part of a much, much larger community, the world. And I heard it said once that Jobs, at the height of his earning years, was making money so fast that if he saw a $100 bill on the sidewalk, he'd make more money in the time it took to bend down and pick it up than the bill was worth. Is this true? I don't know. But Apple is worth a dump truck full of money, and it certainly was 13 years ago. So it wouldn't surprise me. Yet he wrote this. Why? Why would a billionaire take time to write a note like this to himself and spend the equivalent, based on the analogy before, of a few thousand dollars doing it? I don't know. But perhaps it was his way of staying grounded. Perhaps it was his effort to remain patient and humble in the face of overwhelming success. When you start to tack on so many zeros to the backside of your paychecks, it becomes very easy, I think, to lose touch with the world. It's a constant refrain that you see. Picture any billionaire that you know. You can probably name a few offhand. Now, do any of those people honestly relate to the everyday life of a person listening to a podcast recorded in a closet and the struggles and troubles and tribulations and dreams that we have? I don't think so. I don't think people that have that much money think the same way that most of the rest of the world does. And that's not necessarily a fault. It's just a matter of a lack of perspective. Consider, for example, something that I've brought up before, and it's been said that regardless of how bad your life is, if you're listening to this podcast on a device of some kind, whether it be on the internet or whether it be on your personal smartphone or whether you downloaded it to some other device and are listening to it, you are most likely living in the 1% of the world. 
you have enough money to afford that device and enough time to spend listening to me talk about it. There are countless billions, with a B, people in the world who, given the opportunity, would trade places with you in an instant. Any billionaire's inability to relate to the common man is analogous to your inability to relate to someone who still subsists off of what they can grow, hunt, and gather on their own. You can't fathom it. I'm sure you can't. Because I can't. Imagine if today, in, this, in the blink of an eye, everything that you know, all the technology, all of the modern amenities that make life as simple as it does, evaporated. How long would you survive? Just with the clothes on your back and the knowledge that you have of the world around you. Could you find food? Could you prepare that food? Could you create shelter? Could you make the things that, require, that are required to sustain life at the most basic level? Many of you, myself included potentially, probably couldn't. That's how far removed we are from that. And that, by another order of magnitude, is how far removed the average billionaire is from the average person. And this is not a pot shot at billionaires. It's just a matter of perspective. And that's, I think, the point of what Jobs was getting at with this note to himself. It was a reminder that while he may be a billionaire in charge of a multi-thousand-person company, rocketing to the top of success, setting the gold standard for device after device after device, that he was still, even with all of his success and all of the zeros in his bank account, still wholly dependent on someone else for the most basic of needs that he had. It's a lesson we could all stand to internalize. Consider the next to last line, which is particularly telling because of the medical situation that Steve Jobs found himself in a year before he died. He said, when I needed medical attention, I was helpless to help myself survive. Now, unless you are a doctor with countless years of experience. This is true for nearly all of us. Every single one of us is dependent on someone else for our survival. The medical world is very complicated. Let me try to simplify it a little bit. I have heard it said that no one person in today's modern world could make a pencil on their own. Consider a pencil, right? In order to make a pencil, it takes experts in wood, someone who knows how to grow the wood, somebody who knows how to cultivate the wood, how to harvest it, how to cut it down to size, how to get it into just the right shape and prepare it for the actual pencil making. Then you need an expert in graphite. Where do you get graphite? If the world evaporated today and somebody told you that your only means of survival was to find graphite, would you have the first clue of where to go find it? Of course not. But someone does. You need that graphite expert. Then you need rubber. Modern synthetic rubber is what goes into erasers nowadays. If you want an eraser on your pencil, you need somebody who knows how to find that. Somebody who knows how to chemically treat that in just the right way to get it to be stable, to shape it, to ship it. You need an expert in metal for that tiny little piece that holds the eraser to the wood itself, etc. And all the people along the way to get that pencil from its various constituent parts into its final product that you use and take completely for granted. And how simple is a pencil in comparison to everything else? How much simpler is a pencil than anything in the medical field? 
I, for example, record on stuff that I can't make or fix. I'm looking at three things right now that if they broke today and there were no replacements, I wouldn't have the first clue of how to fix them. I publish via communication mechanisms that I didn't write. And I research through publications and websites that I don't maintain. And this is true for all of us. If we take a step back and we look at the world around us, how you get to work, how you do your job, how you pay your bills, how you store your money, how you feed your family, how you feed yourself, we are completely dependent on one another. And that's the point. In the end, we are wholly and completely dependent on one another for our existence. And that's why Jobs wrote this, and that's the purpose of this episode. That is the point. And it's something that we need to remember as we go about our days. No matter how successful we are, we are completely dependent on our fellow human beings. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks as always for listening.